You found The Paulist, a daily comics analysis podcast. It's daily so that we can read widely, and it's analysis so that we can dig deep. Uh, we're making the case for many different ways to study comics. I'm Paul. I'm an English teacher. I'm a literacy researcher. I'm a comics reader. And um, I'm on Twitter at 2ply. Visuals are at thepaulist.com, which is a Tumblr page. And you're listening on Stitcher or SoundCloud or iTunes. It'd be great if you share, review, rate The Paul List. Um, would love to hear what you like and what you don't. Today is our Sunday Super Friend where we talk about a DC comic and we'll be talking about Aquaman number six and looking at the role that dialogue plays in um, building and paying off tension, uh, real tension. So let's dig deep. It's Sunday, so we talk about a Super Friend, a DC comic. Um, Aquaman number six is written by Dan Abnett, penciled by Brad Walker, inked by Andrew Hennessy, colored by Gabe Eltab and lettered by Pat Brousseau. Um, DC's Rebirth has been doing pretty well. I was talking to a comic shop owner the other day, and um, he was telling me about, uh, again, just kind of, you know, reflecting back that that the Rebirth titles were selling very well, uh, up to and including Aquaman. And um, I think that's been the token example for people talking about how well the DC Rebirth is doing, even Aquaman. (laughs) Um, which points to the status of that character, a status that um, this issue brings up in in the dialogue of the character and as a part of the tension that mounts um, in the course of the issue. Now, the issue uh, six is... um, is one that I think if you haven't read the the run, you're obviously going to want to read issues uh, one to five. The rebirth of Aquaman, uh, the rebirth issue is, I don't know, I think it's optional, um, but um, you know it, it does play a role. Unlike some of the other rebirth um, issues, you know some of them have seemed lackluster in terms of their significance and import. In this case, I think it does. Um, the the Aquaman rebirth issue did add something to the story. Um, but it's the end of the arc that's called the drowning and i think that's a really interesting name because over the course of the drowning uh you see the the chess pieces being laid to set up for um, a bigger conflict to come a conflict between atlantis um, and and uh, the united states maybe the united states as the superpower that represents the um the surface world um i am not an aquaman um devotee i have to say don't know much about the character um don't know much about what the new 52 aquaman was like i think in in that you know i'm probably not different from the average comic book fan um aquaman has unfortunately uh had that uh sort of step brother status um in the dc universe and in the wider superhero world i remember that um sketch from the state uh on mtv a while back where you know it was the super friends and uh, they all laugh at Aquaman, who's, you know, they all have a task to do, and they go, Aquaman, you go talk to some fish, ah, and they all have a, a good laugh at his expense. Uh, that's been the, you know, the the rap on the character, um, and, and and I know I've heard a lot of writers have done uh, really well with the character um, in the past, uh, and feels like there's a lot of stuff in who Aquaman is that you ought to care, and uh, there ought to be the fodder for really good stories. Um, and I, I'm sure there have been, but I just don't know about him. <laughs> and so he's definitely the one in the pantheon that I know the least about, um, and and but not the one I have the least affection for. I think I have a little bit of a hard time with Green Lantern and 
lantern characters. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, what's really worth saying is that this Aquaman story has been working. Something about um, Dan Abnett's writing, something about the, the, the way that the artists have done their, their, their job, um, has really made uh, this book um, one to watch and one that I have, you know, it's really my first time following Aquaman. And I, what I've come to kind of see is, uh, well, I, I didn't mention at the top today is September 11th. And so all day long, there's been reflection on the last uh, 15 years, obviously the day itself, um, 15 years ago, um, but also um, all that's transpired since then and how um, the world has changed, how um, the United States has changed, how um, the status of relations between countries um, and uh, the, the, the notion of terrorism and what must be done in response to terrorism is, um, well, I think we have uh, a lot more historical data and from a period of time when, when uh, you know, the availability of, of media and information and technology has really made um, our knowledge uh, and the way that we know and understand events uh, throughout the world within our own country and, our, and in our own government quite different. Um, and so, um, it's, you know, geopolitics is complex, uh, homeland politics and security is complex. Um, and I think that that complexity, um, is, is really good material for storytelling that makes us ask questions and think. And I think Aquaman's taking advantage of that. Um, Dan Abnett and company, I believe Mr. Abnett is, is, um, from the UK. I could be mistaken, but I, I think he is. Um, and, and actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. In fact, I talked about him in the, um, episode way back if you look into our archives where I talked about Wild's End. Um, so I think that sometimes writers from the UK have a perspective on America, even from the vantage point from within America, that, that sometimes we Americans are um, not, as, not as able to get outside ourselves and see. And I think what um, Aquaman is dealing with in this series is a, uh, um, well, a, 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 a set of tensions that mount uh, and become convincing and and become really captivating to watch, precisely because Aquaman has this, um, you know, as I said, a step stepchild status among the superheroes, which is totally in contradiction to the the import that he ought to have when you take into consideration that he's the ruler of Atlantis, which is the you know whose whose domain is the oceans, <laughs> um, and I think you know, like I said, the the um the interesting thing that I want to talk about in looking at Aquaman were six the dialogue and the role that dialogue plays in in building the tension in this case now that um you know the the conflict has reached this point uh Superman is confronting Aquaman and so uh, henceforth will be spoilers and if you don't want to be spoiled on the book you want to go back and read them first and then rejoin us and I think some of the analysis will will probably hinge on you knowing the story so it may be more fruitful to, to do this after you read suffice it to say that um, I think one of the things that thematically I, I don't know how direct Dan Abnett intends this to be but you know there's a whole lot of stuff going on in the DC uh the universe let's say universes let's say that's about superheroes in conflict with superheroes and how does a genuine tension build between heroes because you know um sometimes your mythic figures are so strong and so um you know so powerful that it's hard to find a villain um that's meat uh for you know for for a hero to to really test their metal but um but when you pit them against each other 
uh, as some movies have done, for instance, um, you have the possibility of a real, real tension. I think Dan Abnett's done a great job of playing up this tension. Uh, I should say the entire creative team have really accomplished this sense of um, the conflict being um, meaningful. You know, there being real stakes and the motivations of the characters in in confronting each other being, um, you know, convincing. And I think that is. <laughs> A burden of proof that DC's not always passed in some eyes, and those who were critics of Batman versus Superman, or um, even those who, um, you know, had uh, 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 skepticism about the 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 credibility of uh, of Harley Quinn and company in Suicide Squad, are really searching for how how do you make these DC characters seem to act out of um, genuine and believable motives, and I think. This book, um, my reading of um, Aquaman is that uh, Dan Abnett has done a really, uh, a really great job in making the motivations of these characters believable. So that in issue six, which is really kind of the end of the arc, um, enough things have been laid out so that, uh, as especially revealed in the dialogue between Superman and Aquaman in this issue, um, those tensions and conflicts are real. And, I, and I, my analysis kind of wants to get at why. Uh, let me go back and just say... Um, First of all, uh, uh, art by Brad Walker and uh, and Hennessy are great. I think Walker's art is um, is like, I guess that that part of the DC DC sort of house house style spectrum that um, I I kind of personally enjoy the most. Um, you know, I, I kind of associate this art with the sort of good Tony Daniels art, the uh, the Freddie Williams the Freddie William, Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Williams II, um, even what Howard Porter has been doing in the current day, um, it's kind of, a, I think it, this is kind of an aspect of the art style that owes as much to, to Bray Fogle and Neil Adams as to, you know, the Wild Storm folks, and, and I like that. Um, so, so it's a good-looking book, first of all. Um, I think that starting from the Rebirth issue, um, you know, the creators have really raised the specter of the contradictions that are in this character, you know, that... You know, he is maybe the least uh, acknowledged, least significant JLA member, um, but but he's the ruler of the oceans. <laughs> and I think that first issue, uh, that rebirth issue, and, and the different conflicts and the way that he's been set up and introduced in this arc is that... Um, you know, it kind of reveals that, you know, Aquaman's true secret rival uh, isn't any other hero in the DC Universe. His true secret rival is Namor in Marvel. Because in Marvel, uh, Namor has, you know, all of the uh, attitude uh, that, that would come with his office, you know, with being the, the, the sort of the head of state of the most, what, what should be the most powerful and, and volatile uh, political entity in the world. Um, you know, throughout mythology and religion um, and uh, ancient narratives, the ocean is always this, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's always associated with great evil or portent or the unknown. It's the very place from which, you know, life emerges, but it's also the place where you have no idea um, what will come from it. And um, and so it, the ocean is always suspect. The ocean is always associated with um, death and the unknown, um, sometimes with the apocalypse. And you know, and so Aquaman being amphibious as he is, um, should also always be in some senses suspect. But, you know, if he's a hero and if we're seeing th through his eyes, uh, you know, you really ought to have a sense that he has, you know, maybe a beyond all, all the other 
DC superheroes um, a position and a task that is um, that is you know ought to be a heavier burden. He he ought to be doing more than uh, saving a few fishing boats. Um, not that fishers are not worth saving, but that he's got uh, he should have bigger fish to fry. <laughs> um, and uh, and in this book he certainly does, and so that's partly what makes him i don't know if believable is the right word but um so at the start of the arc you know there's been a bombing at the atlantean embassy at exactly the time when you see that his political um uh, objectives are are really to to uh, reconcile and strengthen relations between the the ocean and the surface world um there's already these pre-existing tensions because of something with his brother Orm, which I don't know anything about, like I said, um, he's been quelling this resistance within uh, among his own people, and I think that resistance has heightened Arthur's own sensitivity to his his obligations to his rule that he's supposed to be, you know, um, taking care of his 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 domain. Um, and then there's of course subtle challenges to his sovereignty by, you know, his own commanders and and people who, uh, while swearing allegiance to him, are questioning whether he's kind of gone soft. Um, and and uh, and then, uh, you know, throughout this story, every time that he or a representative of Atlantis confronts um, somebody from the American government or the military, they're treated with um, with suspicion, you know, there's a sort of a military reaction to in the beginning of issue three, there's a confrontation between an Atlantean commander um, from the Royal Guard and the military. And you can just kind of see there's no sort of sensitivity to what's what to diplomacy, you know, there's kind of a predisposition of suspicion and fear. And all of it leads to this escalation of this enmity that, so this is key, I think, writing wise, is that Aquaman cannot be the tip of the spear of a of a conflict, but what he does have to be is he has to answer to his um, devotion and his role as the king of Atlantis at the same time that he's trying to utilize his um you know his his in betweenness as a um you know as a surface hero you know as a a member of the Justice League, and so he's caught in that tension and for that and and, and I think what's really well done and you might argue that it's not as well done in some of the other as i said media that are trying to um show these characters in a, in attention with themselves and with each other but i think what uh abnett and company do really well is to show this internal tension playing out as an exterior tension that um that aquaman's own con conflicts with himself and some of that plays out in his in his uh, you know, in his dialogue with Mara, um, his fiancée, who um, is, is of course, you know, more attached to and, and also more militant uh, about um, about the ocean and their representation and their rights, and then, uh, but, but is also devoted to Aquaman and to his, his position and to his, uh, you know, his, his attempt to, uh, to, I guess, his, his, sort of reconciliatory um objectives and and so all throughout you know you you there's part of you that just wants him to unleash because of how wrongly they're treating this you know person as really not just a head of state but really what ought to be a, a welcome uh you know who ought to be a well, again, Aquaman ought to be a hero in his own right, on the surface, on the land, as a member of the JLA, as somebody who saved the world, you know, um, you know, countless times. But also, also as a, 
a head of state. So even if you have um, otherized the um, the Atlantis, the sea, the ocean dwellers, whatever, um, you you have to af- afford. Uh, you know, you have to accord the the requisite respect to um, his station, his office, and that's obviously um, denied. They lock him up, um, and meanwhile, he keeps being trying to be di- diplomatic. Um, and and sometimes, you know, you, you kind of wish he would unload on uh, on the American military and the government, and sometimes you wish he would unload a little bit on his own people, who are also um, pushing, uh, heightening, escalating the conflict. Um, he, he, for most of this arc, um, is, is, uh, you know, uh, determined, uh, and, and yet trying to be a peacemaker, trying to be uh, a reconciler. Um, I started calling him after around issue three or four, um, Barakwa Obama, <laughs> and, um, which is ridiculous. Um, you know, and, and, and I think there's also some, ways that the story reveals that you know it's 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 definitely not a perfect piece that he's trying to uh craft that he also governs imperfectly and um you know some of the stories the way that the villain black manta is actually um really you know trying to exploit and and exacerbate all these tensions and and all of that is sourced from Aquaman killing his father. And so there's sort of some of his past coming back to haunt him too. And I think that's an important part of, of making his anxieties believable, making his, uh, the, the sort of, um, you know, the fear that eventually breaks down his strength, um, his resolve in maintaining a peaceful position, which nonetheless, even through this issue, he's still trying to maintain, you know. So th- there's a... Um, I think there's a really clear, um, so what the writing has to do is the writing has to make us believe that all along the way, what leads to this fight, what leads to this conflict isn't um, Aquaman sort of flying off the handle or uh, losing hold of himself. I think then he loses his heroism. And I would kind of argue that um, in, in doing, in, in letting its heroes do that, Batman versus Superman um, lost our ability to admire them, let's say, um, at least for some of us who were critical of those of that movie. Um, but uh, what what the um, Aquaman run manages to do is to to um, <laughs> instead to make us sympathize deeply with the again the internal turmoil for um, for Aquaman. We feel this um, escalation. We see him all along the way trying to de-escalate, you know, trying to uh, harmonize and to make peace. And yet you you see sort of the mounting anger and tension for those he's supposed to represent and speak for. And then the mounting um, uh, anger and the way that, uh, you know, Gantry, the chief of staff, is instigating things. Okay, so <laughs> this escalation... Um, I think the way that um, this fight is mounting up, uh, I, I'm sort of around everything from uh, teenagers who start um, posturing in front of each other and then, and then you know, leads to fights where all their friends have, um, you know, got thrown themselves into the mix and everybody's pulled out, everyone else has pulled out their cell phones to record it. Um, I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen uh, cold wars develop between um, policymakers in um, city government. You know, 
it, we've all obviously been exposed to um, tension and conflict as it mounts. And I think um, what's most breathtaking about conflict is when is how quickly it can all happen um, and how actually the more that you understand the parties involved, the, um, the, the more harrowing it is because to understand all of the anxieties and tensions within them, uh, you realize how difficult conflict is. And so it's easy to say we need to make peace and we need to see, uh, you know, understand the other side. Um, but it's very hard when you're pressed by um, many demands and and you see the legitimacy in all those demands. And I think that's what Abnett's done is is made it convincing for us that Superman is, I mean, maybe he's being a little buffoonish, but he's trying his best to um, to stand in a position he thinks is needed. He thinks he's trying to be a mediator, um, but but in in doing so, he's totally overlooked all that Aquaman has already been doing. And in in stepping in to be a mediator, he's not giving the due, the benefit of the doubt, to a couple of factors. You know, one is this contradiction that that I was alluding to before that Aquaman is the king of Atlantis. You know, he he is a, a character who in relation to other heroes, it's a contradiction that he's on the same level as, as, you know, Batman, some rich dude from, from uh, Gotham city, just like there's no reason that, um, well, okay. I'm about to get into some politics, but <laughs> you know, there's no reason why that money should buy you that kind of access or equivalence um, because um, you know, his, his sovereignty, uh, his, his domain is, is, should be ought to be so much bigger uh and and second you know um there's this military force and this escalation and i think this story is also pointing to how when you know sometimes the escalation doesn't just happen when you have power but it happens because you have power you know in the in that way that you know power corrupts that um you have a responsibility quote unquote to um display the power that you have but every display of that power um is itself um again a posturing a kind of stance and a provocation in some way and i think um one side reads it as a provocation another side is 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 saying look you made us do it you know and and so all of that that i just you know named builds up to and explains the dialogue and so I'll get into the dialogue, you know, in the first page, uh, Superman stands in front of Aquaman. He flies <laughs> a couple of feet off the ground and, um, and that, then there's just really clear posturing going on there, right? Superman is, believes he is standing in the gap in some sense. Um, Aquaman is, uh, uh, tattered and already shows the wounds of being attacked, um, despite trying to, um, you know, use non-lethal force as Mara asserts at the end to, um, to put down the, the, the ones who he feels are, um, you know, showing force to him and to his, his people. And so, um, the, the opening words, they sent you for me, huh? It's not like that. Feels a bit like that, Clark. Frankly, it's not been the best day. And then there's a flashback panel to um, he and, and Mara uh, disarming the soldiers. Uh, then on the next page, the two-page um, splash, I just had a conversation with the president. Whatever this is, 
it's got to end right here and now and that's superman and so in those first two uh exchanges there's a lot of what we talk about in language as um indexicals there's a lot of um uh, uh pronouns <laughs> like they sent you for me huh um and and then there's a lot of just gesturing not naming things directly but um but you know it's not like that feels a bit like that you know so nobody's naming what the thing is right they're not saying you know uh, superman does not respond with you know i'm not here as a um as a a, a peon of the american military to you know force you to cease and desist or whatever you know he's gesturing towards something and then uh you know aquaman is gesturing back um it's not been the best day which is a bit of an understatement as he um you know flashes back to being shot at and uh having to uh knock over tanks of of soldiers uh and then superman gestures with his thumb and points at the you know all of the aftermath of the of the battle behind him and he says you know whatever this is it's got to end right here and now and you realize the reason why they're using inde indexicals is because they're still dancing around the um the actual thing and when you get to the actual thing and you start naming things that's where the semantic differences come into play and you hear that all throughout and this is i think something abnet does really well in the dialogue which is to um play up the semantic differences um because in the very next panel Aquaman, you know, and we've been sort of seeing these full body shots, but then we hone in on his eyes and Aquaman with, you know, as much, I think, fierce um, strength, maybe as much um, aggression as any physical action in this issue. He says, it seems, <laughs> uh, that's telling, it seems the president of the United States of America believes I'm an international terrorist, an enemy of the state. And it also seems that Superman just became an enforcer. For the white house and i think that's uh, aquaman's assertion he is uh, naming things and in naming things he is um, up the level of the conflict because their definitions of one another and then their definitions of the actions that um, characters are taking are exactly what the dispute is about that's exactly what they're haggling over superman then says no the president called me, but I came voluntarily to help. And so he's trying to position himself and also position his own actions. And that word help, Superman repeats it probably seven or eight times. And, and uh, uh, immediately Aquaman throws it back at him, you know, telling me to stop. This is helping. And that definition of what it means for Superman to help and how for Superman the quote-unquote help is, um, is, you know, to intervene in some way that... Um, prevents you know aquaman from doing what he's doing any further for aquaman that help is basically a euphemism for um standing in my way detaining me uh you know um de denying my rights and my position the the respect that ought to be accorded to me and i think their um sort of um unequal position with superman floating above him a feet or, or two is is um, you know sort of a physical s symbolism of their discourse being um a, in a non-parallel um position you know there's a there's a clear battle over you know trying to sort of rise above the other in terms of the interpretation of events in terms of being able to define what an action means what does it mean that you were either 
um, exercising self-defense or as somebody else might call it, as we argue semantics, um, uh, you know, displaying power or um, assault or whatever, right? Uh, then in the next pages, you hear again Superman and Aquaman still using some what they're trying to say diplomatic uh, language. There's I statements, you know, I think I do, I was told, uh, I want to help. Uh, you know, so we're not, we're, we're still linguistically dancing around the accusations to some extent, but it's all seething underneath. And so at the same time that you see these two characters very tenuously, um, maintaining civility, you see the mounting military pressure in the background. First Aquaman and his Atlantean war fleet, who is talking about the King being under threat. And then of course, um, the chief of staff, you know, saying Superman, put him down, you know? And uh, <laughs> Superman touches his his earpiece that doesn't exist, um, and then you know in each of them sort of having the full pressure of the conflict behind them. Uh, well, uh, then it gets ugly on the next page because Superman tells him uh, you can't leave, and that I think is maybe the first physical um, step of aggression. Uh, and the first act of escalation. Again, Superman would define that as helping, and Aquaman would define that as um, as operating outside of his status and position. Um, because he turns around, and you can hear him voicing the offense to that status when he says, "I am, I'm a king." Right, and suddenly the assertion of all this stuff, and, and then sort of that that you know the can is open and everything comes out you know his being a, a a step a sort of step child in the in the justice league to the other um justice leaguers the fact of him being the king and and um not uh not being accorded the respect that he ought to and so forth um and then and again and again you know he is reasserting and superman is um insisting that he needs to assert which um is is a way of saying that you haven't asserted that um, he has authority uh, over, you know, um, over Atlantis, and that he is he is holding back that uh, he is holding back that might right now. He is holding back that force. He's not provoking it. Um, there's real tension, you know, and that tension is convincing because all these pieces have have been laid out, and you can see um, that uh, you know. Superman is sort of uh, steely <laughs> in maintaining the position that you have to do better. You have to, you know, bring your subjects under control. And um, Aquaman is maintaining the position that I am, and and you better watch yourself, and um, and your people better uh, better respect what this is. Uh, all of that sounds really sensible <laughs> it sounds heroic you know it sounds like heroes who are taking care of what they are supposed to be taking care of um despite the fact that this i i'm still puzzled as to why this superman is in this position uh i don't think we're overly worried i'm not overly worried about this superman matching with the superman in action comics or or superman or whatever <laughs> is this is this pre-52 superman is this the dead superman i don't know it doesn't matter <laughs> i think the the important thing to me is that there's a believable tension that's been established 
Um, I don't know how believably I talked about this, and I actually had a ton of notes about the actual dialogue and the the discourse and different aspects of the writing that um, I wanted to get into, but I'm out of time. Um, it was good. It, it, it's um, it's fun to talk about the um, the writing in a lot of these books that I feel like um, are just really well written. Uh, Dan Abnett is um, is really good. Another good writer is Jason Aaron. <laughs> And tomorrow, I think I'm going to be talking about Doctor Strange number 11 uh, with art by Kevin Nolan and others. And um, so join us for that. And um, I hope this was, I don't know, informed you, (laughs) made you think. I don't know. Maybe it didn't. Not one of my best episodes. Hey, if you didn't like this one, this is the first one you've heard. Give me a shot. Go back and listen to another one. Uh, Anyway, thanks for joining me today on The Paulist. And uh, take care. Let's keep reading.